Welcome to Inspire WV, a podcast all about inspiration through words and actions. I'm your host, Eric Nutter, and I'm joined today, as always, by my friend, co-host, guy who can't say no and is always on the go, Tim Bradley. Hey, Tim. How hey, are you Eric Nutter. How are you today? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing very good. Yeah? Well, guess what, Tim? Today is another very special day because we have yet another great guest joining us remotely today. So why don't you... Tell us a little bit about who's with us. I'm excited about this. This is Pastor Tim Herring from Chestnut Ridge Church here in Morgantown, West Virginia. Uh, this is a church I've attended for almost 20 years now. Um, I've got to know Tim very well, and, and you know we're all about inspiration, and Tim definitely delivers that every week. So this is a, a guest that we wanted to have on today. So Tim, would you want to give us a little background about yourself? All right. Well, I sure appreciate the opportunity. And I think this is just a great concept to be inspiring people. So we need it, especially now. Absolutely. Uh, but I've lived uh, here in Morgantown for 35 years. So I wasn't born here, uh, but I feel like I'm a West Virginian. Yeah, you know, we, I, we I, accept I'm, you. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm told that if you're, you're not born here, it's, it doesn't count. But, um, <laughs> I've lived here longer than anywhere, and I've had five kids here. At least my wife has. And wow. So um, – I view it as my home, but I was actually born in Illinois, and then uh, when we were uh, just a baby, we moved to Ohio until I was 14, and then I moved to Chicago suburbs where I went to high school, and then I went to college in downtown Chicago at Moody Bible Institute. Uh, when I graduated, I moved to Columbus, Ohio for five years, and I got involved with a church there in Columbus that was kind of about planting other churches. And so that's kind of how I got connected with Morgantown, because our church in Columbus decided it wanted to start a new church in Morgantown. So I moved here in 1985, and I have been here ever since. So that's kind of the story in brief. Nice. I'm glad you're here, too. Uh, you know, the one thing that uh, I've, I've enjoyed over the years in attending church with you is some of the stories that you've told. Um, there's a lot of uh, stories of inspiration. So is there, you know, a story or two you'd like to share with our audience today? Well, you know, I, uh, I came here because a few years earlier, we had, we brought a team to Morgantown on our spring break when we were students at Ohio state. And we went on the campus of WVU and it might surprise some people to realize that people were so spiritually open I, I just was really, really surprised that the response was so positive as we talk with students about just their spiritual condition and their need for, for the gospel. Uh, people really responded well to it. And so I decided back, this was back in 82, I decided that if there was ever a chance for me to be part of a team that would move to Morgantown to start a church, I wanted to be on that team. And uh, that opportunity came three years later where I I moved here, actually got a job at a local bank, and uh, then in my spare time, actually on the weekends and uh, in the evenings, would meet college students and just talk about the gospel and, and about their faith and their journey, and and then things kind of took off from there. That's cool. That that exploratory session in the in eighty two when you came down to kind of visit Morgantown was the intent mm -hmm. at that time in place to to kind of start a start a church in Morgantown was the thought there just it was kind of checking the scene out. You know, it wasn't really. Um, it really was. We came here primarily to share our faith with college students. 
And part of the process of doing that was we were taking a survey to ask students just where they were spiritually. And then this would open the door for deeper conversations if people were interested. You know, sometimes students aren't interested, but if they were, if people really wanted to know how does a person get right with God, then we would explain that to them. And just in the process of doing that, we saw such a great response that it became a logical next step to consider starting a church here. That's cool. So, so during that visit, you, you kind of told yourself, I would love to, to come here. And then the opportunity presented itself just a few years later and the, your, your church there wanted to kind of found a church here as well. Yes, that was the idea. Um, So I I paired up with actually a roommate I had at Ohio State and moved out here. And then uh, about six months later, a couple of girls that were from the church there also moved to Morgantown. And so our original team was four people. We all got full-time jobs. And then uh, in our spare time, again, we, we would meet college students and talk with them about faith and eventually started a Bible study. Uh, in a home. Uh, eventually, we actually moved on the campus. We, uh, For a while, we actually had church services in the towers, although it wasn't called a church service back then. It was like the Sunday meeting of WVU Bible studies, uh, and that way we were allowed to do that and uh, just had a good response to that. We eventually moved to a community center uh, for 10 years before we were able to uh, build a a facility of our own, which we quickly outgrew and then built the one that we're in right now out in Cheat Lake. That's awesome. Again, we've talked about that in the past where you you, kind of have a dream and a vision and you got to live yours out. So that to me is one of the most inspiring things that uh, as a person we can go through. Um, So some of the other stuff that, you know, I've got to to hear you talk about over the years, Mm -hmm. one particular, um, was in 2007 when Jacob Allen the went missing at Cooper's Rock, and you were really at the forefront of trying to help find him. Yes, yes. So it's a young young man with autism, and he he wasn't verbal. He couldn't even speak, and he got lost in Dolly Sods, and um, and was lost for days. I mean, this was a this was a really difficult situation, and so. Uh, we went down there, a number of people from the church, plus others, became part of a rescue effort uh, to search for him. And um, it was during the time of year when it was cold in the evenings, very cold. And so there was a lot of danger involved. And I think it was the beginning of the fourth day that he was finally found. Mm-hmm. And there was just just a celebration uh, that that he had actually been found and that he was safe and he was okay and it really became a national story, even after this happened and and we really um, felt it was really the praise went to God for it because um, you know you could call out his name but he couldn't answer back and right. it just was a very uh, difficult situation but people really rallied together around the family and we were just so thankful that he was found. Yeah, it was what four days he was he was there. So, yes, to, yeah. I, I think it was uh, like October October eighteenth, something like that of twenty oh seven. Cold time, of yeah. Years. So yeah, yeah, like you said, it was getting cool in the evening. So just for for that, you know, that journey and and the faith that everybody had to find him and for the fruition to to happen, mm-hmm. very yes. inspiring story to have. Yeah, it was near freezing at night. I think it got down even one or two of the nights to about thirty two. 
I remember correctly. And um, he was just alone and by himself. I mean, there's just so many things about this that were really scary from a human perspective. But um, it was so exciting to find him. So that's great. So, so Tim, you were um, you, you you as you said you you moved here. Um, you know, quite a few years ago and, and started up the, the church here at Chestnut Ridge and in Cheat Lake. Um, talk, talk to me a little bit about your inspiration. What, what inspires you every day to, to kind of help lead this community from a spiritual standpoint? Um, talk us a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of ironic that I'm a pastor because my dad was a pastor, so I'm a PK and uh, I did not want to get into ministry. Uh, it just was not the direction I wanted to go. I did go to Bible college, but it was to maybe get in youth work or something like that. Uh, but I think sometimes God has a sense of humor. Sometimes <laughs> the thing that you say, I don't want to do, is mm-hmm. where he puts you. And uh, and God used kind of the back door to accomplish that because I got involved with this church in Columbus. Uh, I was a student again at Ohio State at the time in computer science. I wasn't even, it was really? a, not ministry related. Yeah, and I was, um, and then I started leading, you know, a Bible study just to help out and got involved with uh, helping to be a worship leader because I could play the guitar. And and then eventually I found myself leading bigger groups. And the next thing you know, I'm, I'm planting a church. <laughs> but a big reason why I, I love doing it is because of the, the life change that takes place because of the gospel. You know, a lot of preachers' kids, they go off the reservation. I mean, they they rebel against their parents, and oftentimes I think it's because they see hypocrisy or mm-hmm. whatever. You know, they see what the, the, the pastor's like, you know, your father's like during the day, uh, weekday, and then they see him on Sunday, and he's so glowing and perfect, but then, you know, you live with him. My dad was just a, a great example. He was the same on Sunday as he was on Monday. And then when I was young, I, I put my faith in Christ, and and it, it changed my life. I mean, I realized that this is true, that Christ can make a difference in our lives now plus for eternity. And so over the years, I've watched as lives have been changed by the gospel message that through Christ, a life can be transformed. Uh, God gets in there and begins to change us from the inside out. And, and so it's really about life change. And watching how God uh, wants a relationship with us, how it's possible for people to actually have a relationship with God, and that he could begin to provide healing in our lives, you know, when we put our trust in his son. And so just seeing how that's that's affected people's lives is really the inspiration for getting up in the morning. It's not, it's not about performing, you know, a Sunday service or anything like that. It's about changed lives. And uh, I view it now as just a real privilege to be part of that, to to be making a difference in the lives of people um, by introducing them to Christ and then helping them grow in their spiritual walk. Speaking of that, so I've heard you talk a lot about, uh, you know, kind of what, uh, where you go for your inspiration, you go to a cabin, you kind of do a walk, you think you're right. You know, a lot of us have that, that spot in our life where we have to go somewhere to, to kind of reset and, and, collect our thoughts and get back on track sometimes. So you want to talk about, um, you know, where you kind of go and what you do on a weekly basis? 
Yeah, so about a about a year and a half ago, my wife and I bought a cabin uh, out near Augusta, West Virginia, near Romney. It's out in the mountains, and um, it's it's in the woods, and it's really kind of out there. <laughs> and I absolutely love that. Um, I have always gotten inspiration by being just out in God's creation. Uh, and I think, by the way, this is partly how God designed it. You know, many, many people express this idea that when I'm out in creation, uh, I just feel like God is there. Well, uh, in Romans, you know, the New Testament book of Romans, we read that God has revealed what he's like through the things he's made. And so um, when, when you're out in creation, you're really seeing s- certain aspects of the way God has revealed himself to humanity uh, God's power, his glory is all revealed in, in some of that. Now, some people, I think, um, end up worshiping creation itself. But to me, this points me to the creator. And I, I find I just fall more in love with the creator. West Virginia is just such a beautiful, beautiful state. I mean, I'm just so grateful to be able to live in this state and to be able to go to a place and walk and pray and, and be in creation and just connect with my creator as I do so. So I go to this cabin as often as I can. Uh, I actually sit in a rocker facing the mountains, and um, I sit and I write and I pray and I think, and uh, my wife and I both go out there often. Oftentimes I'll get to go out a day before she can, and, um, and just being alone there even is wonderful as well. Uh, but both of us absolutely love the cabin, and we go there as often as we can. That's awesome. It it, it struck me as as uh, funny. I'm I'm a dad joke kind of guy, you know. And he said, <laughs> "Pastors' kids either go off the reservation or apparently buy a cabin off the reservation." A, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So uh, Tim, the other thing I wanted to to mention, we wanted to talk about was your book. You have a a book that's available on Kindle called When God Walked Alone, um, or it's on Amazon, I'm sorry. Uh, we'll link to it in the show notes. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the book and the, and the inspiration behind writing that? Yeah, the, uh, the title of the book uh, is based on a story of Abraham in the Old Testament, how God made an agreement with Abraham. But the nature of that agreement was really kind of unique. Uh, oftentimes in the Old Testament, when people made an agreement or covenant with someone else, if it was a very serious covenant, they would actually cut an animal in half, and then the two parties to the agreement would walk between the the, the halves of that carcass. It's just a weird thing. <laughs> but it was supposed to indicate that if you broke the covenant, you'll be like that animal. I mean, they took it serious. It was like a death right. to you part thing. But God made an agreement with uh, Abraham to bless him, and – Instead of the two of them walking through the pieces of this animal, God walked alone. And it's a picture of the fact that God wants to save us and promise to give us eternal life, not based on what we do for him, but solely based on his promise to us. It's a unilateral agreement. Now, the reason I wrote the book is that I discovered that um, in talking with actually candidates that wanted to apply for a position at our church, I discovered that even some who graduated from seminary and Bible college had a misunderstanding about how people get right with God. And many of them have this perspective that it's about what we do for God and not what he did for us. And so this book kind of 
clarifies this, that we get right with God always based on what he did for us in sending his son for us. And it's just a matter of us putting our trust in Jesus. It's not what we do for God. It's what he did for us. And so uh, throughout, I, I lay out just a format of how a person begins a relationship with God and what they need to understand to do that. And so the book explains that, gives a lot of illustrations, uh, Bible illustrations of how people got right with God, starting with Abraham. And again, it's essential that it be about Abraham because he's considered, of course, the father of our faith. So it causes us to raise the question, well, how did Abraham get right with God? And I'm suggesting we all get right with God in exactly the same way he did. And it wasn't about what he was going to do for God. It's what God did for him. And then it says Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Hmm. I like it. I'm looking forward to reading it myself. Uh, Jess and I both have uh, put it on our list to buy. So as soon as we get, get a chance to, we're going to let you know what we think. All right. So one other thing that we want to talk about, I know a lot of you know a lot of people, the churches, et cetera, have, have struggled during this time with staying open. Um how to get people in the doors. And one of the things that I'm very proud of, of, of what we've done at Chestnut Ridge and what you've spearheaded, um, you know, with the, the YouTube channels and everything else, do you want to talk a little bit about that, of, of how you've continued to be able to reach the community as, as we've done? Yeah, we have, uh, we just have a tremendous team at the church and they, uh, they have some real um, savvy when it comes to, putting out our service online in all the different platforms. And so we can be found out there, like you said, as a YouTube channel. Uh, but every week we, we broadcast at 9 and 11. We do Facebook Live. I mean, we could, we could be found all over the place. And uh, about a year ago, we invested also in some, just some new equipment and new ways of broadcasting to make sure that things are done with excellence. And so we wish we could open our doors. We're closed right now. Uh, but we're, our goal is, of course, to open on Easter. That's what we'd like to do as far as in-person gatherings. But in the meantime, people can find us online. They can subscribe, um, and, and it's available. And again, I, I'm just very uh, proud of our team because they, they put together a program that's just so well done, and people can enjoy it just from the comfort of their own home and also just the safety of not being in larger numbers. Uh, yeah, we closed our doors uh, mostly because the size of the congregation is such. It's large enough that uh, we didn't feel like we could safely uh, navigate some of this COVID for the time being. So, when it makes sense, I think uh, you you mentioned you have the you you were heading down the path of computer science, and of course your your church is is on the front of the technology uh, on, on the technology front. That's that's great. Yeah, there are just so many opportunities now, and um, and it's all surpassed me now. But there are others that really do. They they uh, they just they just know what to do, and it's exciting to watch. And I love, by the way, just empowering people to do what they can, and work as a team to to bring it about. So excellent. Well, before we close. Um, can you tell our audience where they can find out more? Maybe they're, they're not aware of Chestnut Ridge church. Where can they find information about the church and and get the, get access to all these channels that you're talking about? All right. If they, uh, if they just, uh, Google Chestnut Ridge church and make sure you put a T in the word chestnut because people tend to leave it out (laughs) a little bit silent chestnut, but Chestnut Ridge church, 
you could just Google it there and we would probably be the first entry there or else our website is chestnutridgechurch.com. And if you go there, you can go to media and just explore the website and you'll see the places where you can subscribe and uh, all the information is should be available online there. Excellent. That's awesome. So Tim, before we close on our end, we wanted to see if you would, uh, would pray with us today, if you want to lead uh, us and uh, our listeners today. Sure, that'd be great. Heavenly Father, we thank you, despite the difficulty that I think our, our country and even the world is going through, we thank you that you're still sovereign. We thank you that we can trust in you. Uh, we thank you especially that you love the world in such a way that you are willing to send your son to be the savior of the world so that through faith in him we could have eternal life, Lord. We're, we're just so thankful that we can know you. And I do pray for all that are listening. I do ask you to inspire us. I do ask you, Lord, to uh, open our hearts to who you are and what you're all about, to lead people to faith in Christ if they don't know him. Lord, uh, we just recognize, too, that we need you. And it's so easy to try to navigate life on our own and independent of a God. And we thank you, Lord, that, that you are able to lead us, and we do turn to you and ask for your blessing. And I pray you bless this podcast as well. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Tim, thank you again for joining us. Really appreciate it. Um, thank you for your time. And, uh, you know, if, uh, if sure. we ever had the opportunity in the future, we'd love to have you back sometime. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Excellent. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. Thank you for joining us today. You can always find more episodes by visiting inspirewv.com or find us on your favorite podcast app. And of course, you can always leave us feedback, ask questions, or request a topic for us to discuss by sending an email to info at inspirewv.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next time with more inspiration. But until then, stay inspired. Be inspiring. Be inspiring.